Welcome to the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. I'm Wayne Washington, founder and CEO of Grow Company Profits. We help CEOs stop leaving money on the table while sustaining profitability to fund managed growth. The CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast is basically CEOs helping other CEOs with tips, tools, and techniques to implement company projects or other work activities on time, on target, and on budget. Let's spend the next 30 minutes together with my guest CEO and maybe learn some different tools to put into your CEO toolbox. Welcome listeners to the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. This is a podcast for CEOs, by CEOs, for those individuals who want to execute excellently. And that's what our task is today. Today, I'm joined with by Tyler Robertson. Tyler is the founder and CEO of Diesel Laptops. And that can be found on the web at www.diesellaptops.com. So I'm happy to have Tyler here today. And Tyler, thank you for joining us for on the podcast today. Well, thank you very much. I can tell you as a first-time CEO, I'm learning every day. So <laughs> I appreciate everything you're doing for everybody out there. Well, you know, it's it's well, you probably remember some of the some of the days you had some struggles. You probably looked yourself in the mirror and why am I doing this? And you're and it, well, let me back up. From my standpoint, sometimes CEO can be a lonely job because you have nobody to talk to, nobody to complain to, you gotta suck it all up yourself. But that's that's not where we're here. But let me let me just start. Let's talk about diesel laptops. Tell me about diesel laptops. Tell me what tell me how you guys how you guys started what diesel laptops does. So what we do today is different than what we did seven years ago, right? I think okay. that's every every business. So, But what we do today is we provide efficiency solutions to people that are fixing diesel-powered equipment. And that includes on-highway commercial trucks that everyone sees. And it includes the off-highway diesel industry, which is much bigger. So every farm tractor, everything that moves dirt, all those things and generators that power office buildings, and all those things is what we do. Um, and it, it was seven years ago. So seven years ago, I was literally selling some, slinging some product on eBay. Um, and I was, you know, doing it part-time and it's really 10 years ago. I started doing that, but seven years ago, I quit. It was me and my garage and dining room table. And today we, you know, we just finished up our, our sixth year. Um, and we did a little North of 50 million in revenue. We're still growing very fast. We got about 200 employees. And like I said, I I've never been a CEO before. So I'm, I'm figuring out as I go too, but obviously I had some advantages along the way. Uh, but it's, it's been a crazy ride so far at these laptops. Well, I, I, you started, I mean, I think I saw something in your, in your, in your profile, you wrote to somebody in Canada to kind of get a, some kind of design and what, what made you look for that? How did, how did you know there was a need? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in this industry. I've been, I, that, that's one of the advantages I had is I started a company, you know, in, in my mid thirties, which is later than a lot of people start companies right. nowadays. Right. And, but I had 10 years of paid training or 15 years. So I worked in the diesel repair industry for 15 years at dealerships that fix and sell and sell trucks and sell parts and all those things. So I got to see the problems firsthand. And when you're in it, you're just trying to help customers. But 
as time got on, you started asking yourself, man, maybe there's a way to help people. Maybe there's a way people are asking for things. There's no product. Maybe I can make a product. And in the case, this case, I didn't even make my first product. I just found a guy that made a great product. Um, he just didn't, you know, he wasn't an expert at marketing and sales and distribution. And I was like, man, I got customers pounding my door down asking for something. And here you have something. I'll just connect the dots here and, and make a little bit of beer money in between. That's what I was trying to do. That's where it started. Um, and it just, you know, kind of grew and exploded from there. Wow. I mean, that that's a, to me, it's a great success story. When, when you look back, I mean, when you, when you made that transition, when you decided to go from part-time to full-time and when you made that transition, what was the scariest part for you in making that transition? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't want to do it. I was, I was, I was actually pretty content. I was working, you know, my full-time job, making six figures a year in a company I've been with for almost a decade. I loved my job. I loved everything I did. I loved the people there, but then I had my side business and my side business was going well. And now I have, you know, I've been married. I have a one-year-old, I got a three-year-old and, you know, I'm not seeing my family at all. And, but I'm making great money. I'm making great money in my side business, great money at work and, and working, you know, 80 hours a week. That was just my life. And my employer actually made me decide. They said either quit your side business um, or, or, but take a raise and double my bonus or resign. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't know what to do. And, you know, it was really my wife that really pushed me to, to quit, but I remember quitting and it was scorched earth. I mean, I was the only one bringing a check home every other week. And now all of a sudden there was no guarantees of anything. There's no medical, no 401ks. And I got a one-year-old, a three-year-old and, I mean, it was scorched earth. We, we cut every bill that we had down to zero and we just, and we were just like, we're going to, we're going to figure this out. And I can say this too. I was only able to do that because I've always been debt adverse. So I had no debt. My house is almost paid off and we had runway. We had some time. Um, so, you know, we made a lot of good decisions those 15 years before I quit to go do this thing. And it all accumulated at that point. When, when you uh, started the business, when you went full time and you, when did you, when did you realize that this is going to work, it's going to take off? Was it a month or two months, a year? How, how long did it take you to really say, this is going to make it? Man, I don't know, five years? I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if you're ever there, right? Because even here, I'm here, sitting here at seven years and there's always that doubt and fear that creeps in your mind. And we're still that company that says, let's be better. Let's go create new things and try new things. And you just don't know. You never know, right? You take your best bet at it. Um, so it, I, I think I wouldn't still sit here today and say, man, I'm, I'm locked loaded and hundred percent certain this thing's going to happen in the future. Cause nobody can be certain of that. Right. You just hedge your bets the best you can. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I had a pretty good inkling even before I quit my job. Cause I, I was, it was going so well, my side business. And when you're doing your side business and it's growing and you're not spending as much time as your normal business, that's ideas that gets in your head, right? Like, man, I, I wonder what would happen if I did this full-time instead of part-time. I can't do that. I got a kid. I got a paycheck. I got before, you know, you, you, you have that decision. So I always say it was the best ultimatum I ever got in my life was from my employer. And it, it thankfully worked out. Well, obviously you've expanded your product line. I think you might initially done some software and then you've added some sales and some repairs and stuff like that. As you, as you made that, that journey into expansion and adding product lines, I'm quite sure some of your early things weren't all successful. What are some of the things that you tried to execute and you, you're, you, what you executed was not what you planned and was vastly different? Yeah. So it's a good example here. So, you know, at our core of what we did is we, we do is we provide uh, a tool to people to work on all makes all models of commercial trucks and engines and off highway. 
you know, however, those tools we sell don't quite do everything. They do like 95%. Uh-huh. We're like, man, we want to close that 5% gap. So let's go create, um, for that other 5%, we sell other products, but they're very expensive, but let's make a package where people can just subscribe, pay a monthly fee, and they'll get everything and everything we have. Surely we'll make money doing this. And we had customers sign up. Um, and I can say the vast majority of them, um, you know, they, they really abused it. <laughs> we're like, this, this is horrible. We're losing money, like doing this. We got we to stop this program. Um, and there's been other mistakes we made. I mean, I, I created a ton of websites and mobile apps, each under their own brand. And none of them talked to each other and they should have. Customers had different logging credentials for each of them. Nobody could understand why we had so many different websites and platforms. It was just a mess. And we had, uh, you know, we spent a couple of years building that stuff and spending millions of dollars in the branding. And we had to, at the end of the day, say, we got to throw it all down the toilet and we got to start over here and make it a one thing, not 20 things and, and clarify the message. But that's, that's those things that happen in business. Well, I, I'm quite sure there are, there are other CEOs out there who, who have attempted projects and, and they run into brick walls and run into hurdles. Some CEOs quit. Some CEOs do something different. What made you persevere? How did you, how did you press on? Yeah. So really what that cuts to me at is, is, is why do you do this? Right. And at first it was, I quit my job. I got to provide a paycheck and put food on the table for my family. Right. That was, that was it. And then it, then it became, Hey, could I really make this a successful business and hire employees and and actually run a real business? And we were like, okay, we, we checked that box. And then we started to say, man, like, can we scale this thing? Can we really go from, you know, 3 million a year to 10 million a year to 20 million a year? And we, we checked that box. And then we find ourselves in the position now of saying, you know what? We have so many ideas and we have so many pieces of the puzzle here. Can we really go create an everlasting impact in our industry? This, this huge industry of truck repair, which is literally a $60, $70 billion industry. Can uh-huh. we go make it a more efficient, better place than when, we, than when we started? And I think I'm one of those few companies that can say, yeah, I think we can do that. I think we can go solve a lot of problems for a lot of people. So that's really what it is now. That's, that's really why we do this. It's not, it's not for the money. It's not for these other things. It's because we know we can make our little world a little bit better place and solve a lot of people, save a lot of people time and money. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find out if that's true or not. <laughs> it's, well, it sounds like you're on a successful path. But let, let me, you know, there was some point along the way, Tyler, where that transition, you, you had a few failures, up, well, not say failures, struggles along the way. And you, you made some things that were not good decisions, not good investments. When did you make the turn or the transformation to start executing consistently? And that's the thing I'm trying to, I want to try to get, get in, the, in the yeah. other people's mind. There's something you did to do that. So we called it growing pains. So this may sound familiar to a lot of your listeners. They have a business or the CEO and all day long, all they're doing is putting out fires, right? It's one thing after another. And before you know it, the whole day's gone and, and you got nothing accomplished that you needed to accomplish in your business. And that's where we were. And it was really bad. I mean, tech support, we had 99% of the phone calls went to voicemail when people called tech support. Um, over half the calls into sales went to voicemail. Like we weren't even staffed right to, to deal with sales or deal with that. We were shipping out product that was subpar. Like we, we just had problems all over. You keep putting band-aids on things and you keep trying to hire people. And it, it was just, we were all over the board. And we said, we, we got to figure this out because we are never going to grow. And truthfully, our revenue numbers, if you look at that, uh, like 2018, 2019, they actually kind of flat. I mean, they were, they were way up and way down, a lot of peaks and valleys. But essentially, we weren't growing like we did those first couple of years. And we're like, man, it's, why would it? We haven't made our business better. We're just sitting here all day long, putting out fires. 
Um, so we, we got really mindful and we really intentional and said, look, we need to bring some help in here to figure this out. And we got to get this thing organized. We got to get the foundation right. We can be a $100 million revenue company, a $200, but we will never get past this point unless we figure some things out. So we had to do that. And we realized a lot of things. We realized we had a lot of people that were managers and leaders that had never been managers and leaders before, and they didn't know how to manage and lead. We had to, we had to help them there. We weren't being strategically minded. We didn't have company goals that all the employees could rally behind. Um, and, and, you know, we had a, a horrible HR department at the time and a horrible culture in some departments. And we knew like those things aren't the things people see on the outside when they talk to your company, but it's the things you see every day inside your company. And I just knew if I don't fix those, we're never going to, we're never going to get out of this. And I always tell people, I never understand why companies get stuck at a certain level, a threshold or number of locations. It is totally all the things I just talked about. Uh -huh. It's, those are so important that I, I can't stress enough. And I, I will say that was, it's not a quick process. It's not flicking a light switch. It, it is a long process and getting everyone in the right mindset and getting them to understand why it's important and why we have to do these things. And I can tell you through that process, some of our employees didn't make it. Some of employees, they tapped out and said, this isn't for me. And we had other employees where we had to tap them out. And that's really unfortunate, but it was like, this is the only way I can get to where we need to get as a company. And it comes to the territory. You got somebody's going to make some tough decisions. Tell me about tell me about how you grew. I mean, because you, you you say you're you're a new CEO and you had to make some of those decisions that you kept some people, some people left on their own. You're growing fast. I got to get my arms around this. How did, how did you grow, Tyler? Yeah, yeah, I, I've I've grown a lot, right? So, and I, I get it. I look back now, and when I first started my company, I only cared about two things: the products and the market. That's the that's what I knew. That's what I understood. And these other pieces of your company are more important. It's the operational systems, the processes, the leadership, the culture, all these other things. So until I got my head wrapped around, I can't deal with products and services. I really have zero impact on what goes on in my day-to-day -day business. I, and I was spending all my time there. And now that I spend all my time on where I want my business to get to mm -hmm. and the things we need to do to go do those things, the company is blossoming and growing and executing unbelievably. And that was one of the big things for me is I, I can't be the sales guy. I can't be the guy down there micromanaging people. I got to hire great people, trust them. You know, they're going to do it a different way. That's okay. But I, I got to get out of my own way. And I realized one day I'm the one holding this back. <laughs> it was, it was me not, not making the right decisions and not empowering people and all those other things that we needed to do. And really that's, that's where I was like, I, I got to let go of things. And it's really, really hard as a founder, especially, and even as a CEO, a growing company to give up control, but you have to do it if you want to grow. Was it, was it, I, I know you say it's hard and I, and I hear exactly what you're saying. Cause I, you know, I've been through, through the same thing myself, but what, what was that? That's the point where you said, I got to do this. I mean, you, you, were you working, you had to be working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. You're always putting out fires and you said, I can't go on like this. Yeah. And then that was, it started with my wife, right? Like you aren't here. You're not here for the kids. You're missing birthdays. Like what, what, what are we doing? What's the point of this? If, if, if this is what you were giving up. And I was like, you know, you're right. Like I, I have to figure out a way to not have me work 50, 60, 70 hours. This, this isn't sustainable in the long run. And it's only going to grow at the rate I go. I need it to grow at the rate of my 200 employees that I got going. I can go much faster. So it really, it really started there. Do you, do you remember what that first, when you made that decision, you made, you recognize that what was one of the first things you did? You know, if so, there's some other CEO out there struggling with the same thing, who's struggling the same thing now that you did then, 
What was one of the first things you did? Yeah. I told my wife, I'm going to leave work every day at four o'clock and I'm going to be here at four 30. I got, I got young kids. I, I got to enjoy that time with them. So, you know, once you decide I'm quitting work at four o'clock every day, all of a sudden you got to really go plan your day and be, be like on the spot. You don't, you don't got time to diddle dally around. You got to be really intentional with your time and you start making decisions on, do I really need to be in that meeting? No, I don't. They're good to go. Do I really need to get involved with this? No, I don't. And you start having to prioritize your, your day, your week, your month, your year, and now even years. And it, it really, it, it's really started there. So yeah, a lot of people are surprised when I tell them like four o'clock, you're seeing my taillights heading out of the parking lot. Um, and you know, I'll work a little bit here and there on the weekends, but I, I try to make it family time. And I, I try to be very intentional with where I choose to spend my time and be the most impactful while I'm here. So when, when you become intentional, you had to really focus on what you're doing. You know, you couldn't do the things you like. You had to get other people to help you do those things. That you, that's exactly right. So many people get comfortable with what they know and what they do that they don't grow and they can't go to that next level. And that's really what you have to do is say those things I'm comfortable with. I'm going to train someone else and I'm going to go focus my time on this other thing that I'm not comfortable with, but I know it's important to grow my organization. I'm gonna, let me just switch directions here a little bit. We talked a little about the company and we talked a little, a little about, about what you've had to do to make that transition. But when, when we look at you right now and you look at where you are in your career and your life and your company, what are you good at? Uh, what, 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 are you, what are you good at and why are you good at it? Yeah, I think one of the things that, that I've always been good at myself is looking at a problem through a different set of lenses. Okay. So even when I work for other people, I'd always look at something and be like, why do we do it that way? And oftentimes it's the answer is the, the dreaded, well, we've always done it that way. You're like, mm-hmm. well, great. Why? Right. And nobody usually has the answers to a lot of those questions. So even today we develop product. Like we just got back from a trade show and we showed people products and they literally were jaw dropped saying, how did you guys do that? <laughs> we're like, it really wasn't that hard. We just looked at it from a different angle and we needed some other pieces here to, to build some stuff. And it became something actually pretty simple and quick. But a lot of people just get stuck in the day-to-day. This is how we do things. It's the way the world works. Let's just go through the same motions. So for us, it's everything we do and everything we look at. How can we do this a different lens? And how can we just be 1% better? We talk about 1% all the time. Give me 1% more of my traffic on my website to convert. And I'll go sell another $10 million this year, right? Let's go worry about the 1% and it'll compound itself. I mean, that sounds great. And so you take that what you're good at now and you're looking at where you're trying to go, help me see where Tyler Robinson and Diesel Laptop is going to be a couple of years from now. What do, you, what do you see two years down the road? Yeah, so we actually have, you know, a three-year strategic plan. So, you know, our company, we set a plan and we said, hey, we want to be a $100 million revenue company uh, in the next, by the end of three years. And, you know, you look at that and you're like, okay, well, what does that mean? Well, that means we got to go figure out how to get $20 million more million of products and services that don't exist today to generate revenue. So all of a sudden you start looking at the calendar and you can start plotting it pretty closely. We need to hit these milestones three years ahead of time to get these things to accomplish. So I, for our company now, it's, it's all about just execution. I just told my employees, we, we announced a, a bonus plan for every employee in the company. This year I'll pay out maybe up to $3 million in bonuses to our employees. And it's all off the top line revenue because that's our company goal. It's $100 million. Okay. Let's, get you, let's get you all focused there. And guess what? There, we had our best month by ever. December was a record month. And then January, they crushed it by another million dollars in sales. It was just unbelievable. And every employee is asking the same question. How do I, how do I hit that big number? Right. <laughs> and all we keep telling them is like, look, we have the products, we have the services, we have a plan. 
We just got to go execute and we're, we're all going to go crush it. So let's keep doing it. And it, it's great to see the team rowing the boat together. Well, I mean, I, I can sit here and humbly say, I'm proud of what you've done. I'm proud of where you're going from CEO to CEO. You're doing some amazing things. And I, I just, I want to congratulate you on what you're doing. Let's, I'm going to switch gears as we get ready to wind down here, Tyler. Let's talk about you. Who's, who's the man behind that CEO title? You, you spoke a lot about your family. Your family helped you make that decision. You, your, your kids are, what, seven or eight years older now, so they're probably in sports and stuff like this. Tell me about Tyler Robertson. What, what's, life, what's life like away from the company? Yeah, so I want to tell everyone this. There, there's, it's, it's very hard to balance your life. You got your professional life, your work life. Some people got religion. You got your, your health, and you have your social life. I've just said, I'm picking two. <laughs> There's no way I get, you know, I'm going to do two really good. And the other three, I'm going to do my best. Um, so like the sad part is like, I don't, I don't have close friends. I don't, I don't have a social life, uh, but I, I have a great family life. And I spend a lot of time with my kids. Um, you know, they're, they're eight and 10. So yeah, it's basketball. We like playing video games together. I'm fortunate enough. We ever buy a house on a lake. We go fishing and swimming, like all, all those things. And I've just said, I'm not going to have the most time with you guys, but we're going to have great high quality time. And I'm in a great place now because I can afford to go do things such as bring my kids to NBA games or go, go rent a house in a cab. Like we're able to do high quality things together. Um, that so that's great. me. It's, it, it's, it's work and family life and everything else. I try to fit in between the best I can, but it's, it's tough. Let me, let me ask you one last question here. Are you still living at four 30? Four o'clock every day. I, I guarantee you I am out of here at four o'clock. Um, and it, that surprised a lot of people. Right. And, and I can tell you too, I, I work very little on the weekends. It's, it's my time. I'll do maybe a little prep work or answer some emails, but I'm not banging away for eight or 12 hours. Um, I, I can't do it. It's not, it's not fair to me or my kids. I have to draw the line and I'll give my wife kudos that that pendulum swings too far to the professional life. She, she has no problem telling me. And I, I, I quickly, quickly bring it back. Um, but it's, it's the way it is. Well, I'm quite sure there's some CEOs out there that have liked what you said and they might not be in the same industry as you are, but they like your story. They like where you come from. And they like what you stand for. If someone wanted to get a hold of you, how would they get a hold of you? Yeah, best way is LinkedIn. Honestly, that has been my outlet. As you said at the top, CEOs don't have people to talk to. So I talk on LinkedIn and I post everything going on in our company, the journeys, a little bit of the personal life stuff. Um, because to me, it, it's all about sharing the story and the journey. And, and hopefully a couple other people inspire, follow along, learn as we go. And I, I learn something new every day in this role and the journey that I'm on. And I love sharing that with the world. Well, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today and to talk to our guests. You know, our guests, again, are other CEOs who are doing the same thing that you and I are, they're trying to grow a business. But again, I want to thank you, Mr. Tyler Robertson, for being on the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy. And my audience appreciates it. And my audience now has a way of getting a hold of you. So look for Tyler on LinkedIn. Um, I will put a uh, link to his LinkedIn uh, address on the, um, on the show notes. And we will go from there. So thank you very much, Tyler. And uh, we'll go from there. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, sir. Wayne Washington here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. If you are a successful CEO of a seven-figure project-based client delivery environment and would like to be a guest CEO on the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast, please visit www.ceosecrets.com 
hyphenexecution.com and apply. If today you learn a tip or a technique to apply from my guest CEO, other CEOs would appreciate your sharing this episode on social media. To do that, just take a quick screenshot with your phone, then text it to another CEO or post that screenshot on social media. If you know of other CEOs who would be a great guest, text them and let them know about the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcasts. The CEO you are thinking about would appreciate you including a link to the scheduling website. That's www.ceosecrets-execution.com. We are regularly putting out new episodes. To make sure you don't miss an episode, go ahead and subscribe today. Remember, your thumbs up rating or a five star review goes a long way to help promote the show and would mean an awful lot to me and my team. Do you want to know more about my company, Grow Company Profits? Go to our website at www.growcompanyprofits.com. You can also follow me, Wayne Washington, on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening, and I'm looking forward to having you back for our next episode.